Don't you love the Word of God today? He's so faithful. Uh, turn with me to Acts chapter 2. Uh, I know that's an unusual passage for a day of Pentecost. But I'm going to do, uh, share quite a bit of history, uh, both ancient and recent history. The power of Pentecost. I love the power of Pentecost. Uh, my grandmother was filled with the Spirit back in the 1920s, early 1920s. When she was filled with the Spirit, there was a linguist there, and my grandmother, who, who I don't even know, she went to high school. She went through junior high probably. Back in those days, upper learning was through junior high pretty much. But she spoke in six different languages the day that she received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. If it happened in Pentecost, the day of Pentecost, which happened to be May the 24th, the year 30 A.D., so it's been 1,989 years. If it happened on the day of Pentecost, it needs to happen today, June 9th, 2019. How many believe that? It hasn't been, hasn't been changed. Read with me this passage today, a very well-known passage. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All, repeat that with me, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. I want to emphasize that all because God's will is for every person to have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Unfortunately, through the years, through the centuries, a doctrine of, we call it cessation doctrine, a doctrine came out that, be, that believed and taught that all the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit, as we know it in the book of Acts, had ceased with the first generation. I have a word for that. Hogwash. How many knows if, if he, it's, it's interesting that they, they say that it has ceased, and yet Paul dedicated two chapters, chapter 12 and chapter 14 of 1 Corinthians, just to show how the gifts are to be using, to be used, and how they're to be, uh, how they're to be orderly fashion. If they were only going to be for that first century, they took, why didn't they take it out of the Bible? And if you could take that out of the Bible, what's next to take out of the Bible? I believe in the whole Word. How many believe in the whole Word today? The Word of God. The Word of God. Let me talk a little bit about history of Pentecost. The day of Pentecost. Now understand that they had celebrated the Feast of Pentecost for 1,500 years, not knowing exactly what it was going to be like. It's kind of like before they'd offered the lambs, not, not really understanding that one day the Lamb of God would be sacrificed. But the Feast of Pentecost was celebrated, and they would go through the rigmarole, go through the celebration. At 9 o'clock in the morning, the priest would, would dip the water and pour it out, symbolic of what was going to happen 1,500 years later. But nobody really knew what it was about, except it was also called the Feast of Harvest. It was harvest time, and so Pentecost is always associated and linked with the harvest. I want you to know today the reason Pentecost came for us is for the harvest. It's not for us to speak in tongues, though I, I'm like Paul. I speak in tongues more than you all. <laughs> uh, that's what Paul said. I love the, love the gift of, of, of speaking to the Lord in, in tongues and praying in tongues. I love that. 
but that is only the that is only a, a a benefit that comes with it. The real purpose is harvest. Notice on the day of Pentecost, and I didn't read all of the verses, the following verses, there were 15 nationalities represented on the day of Pentecost, and they heard the message of God uh, through those who spoke in other tongues, clear languages and other tongues, and that day 3,000 people came in. That's about harvest. Pentecost is about harvest. 3,000 came into the church that one day. How many believe that if we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we should be part of the harvest? He wants to enable us. If we're Pentecostal, we're harvesters, not just speaking in tongues. Hello? How many are with me today? It's not the emotion of the moment. It is what the empowerment, the endowment of, of, from on high that the Holy Spirit will give us. On the day of Pentecost, they had been praying for 10 days. If you've been in a 10-day prayer meeting, you're going to be anxious to see what God's going to do. And by the way, I want to commend this church. You're praying more and more all the time. And God's going to do something. He hears our cries. He sees our hunger. Some two months before, these same disciples had had, had a rivalry saying who was the best of the, of the bunch. But now they weren't interested in who's best of the bunch. They were just hungry for God. For 10 days, they had sought the presence of God. A mixed crowd, by the way. It's interesting. Uh, the Holy Spirit and, and the church and Jesus elevated the woman. There were women in present, not just the mother, not just the mother of Jesus who had gone through some hard times in the previous 50 days, seeing her son crucified and, and nailed on a cross but saw him raised from the dead. There were other ladies that were in that group. Notice in chapter 1 of the book of Acts, there was a mixed group, people who had come there, but all with one purpose, to obey what the Lord had said. He more or less had told them, stay off the streets, stay out of ministry till you're endued on high. He says in Luke chapter 24, I believe it's verse 43, he said, go and wait until you've been endued from on high with the Spirit of God. He wanted his church to be Spirit-filled, and he still wants his church to be Spirit-filled. How many are with me today? He wants us to be Spirit-filled, Spirit-led. And so they were there gathered in that upper room praying, not really knowing that something special was about ready to happen. Right on key, symbolic of so many times the Old Testament feast and, and the shadows of the Old Testament were fulfilled exactly to the moment, to the point where, where, where God ultimately brought the revelation of what that feast was about. At 9 o'clock in the morning, when across town they were the priest was taking the water and pouring it out as they had done for 15 uh, 1,500 years. All of a sudden, there came a sound from heaven. Unannounced before, uh, most of us were around in this area when the F5 uh, tornado hit Joplin. In fact, is, uh, we had two funerals in our church. Three of my friends died, and two of our, our kids were in the hospital for, for six months. But we had sirens. We had... People, the, the broadcaster, and, and how many listen to Hetty on sometime? He's a great weather forecaster. I wish he would forecast it would be good weather the, re the rest of the summer. It's been a little bit wet. But we knew that there was something coming, something special coming. They had forecasted that. On the day of Pentecost, they didn't know. They'd done the same thing for 1,500 years with no, no effect. But as that water was being poured out across town, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit was poured out from heaven. A sound, a rushing mighty wind came, and the Bible said it filled the house there. And they all, say it with me, all 
One more time. Who spoke in tongues? They all began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Uh, they were they were filled. God did the filling. God giving the utterance, but they had to speak. By the way, when I, I've had a lot of people filled with the Holy Spirit in, in my ministry, and, and I always tell them, you've got to speak. Jesus won't speak. The Holy Spirit won't speak. They spoke as the Spirit of God gave them better. How many understand what I'm saying? Don't repeat what I say. You repeat what the Holy Spirit puts in your heart. And I, I was 13 before I was filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit on the 15th, 15th of August, 1963. Now you know how old I am. I'm ancient of days. But I kept thinking that I would just open my mouth and somehow he would speak. No, the Bible said they spoke as the Spirit gave them utterance. If you have not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, take that step of faith when you're seeking His face and the Spirit of God comes in. Let go of English. I speak Spanish and English both, uh, neither one very fluently, <laughs> but I can't speak them both at the same time. The same way, if you hold on to what you know, you'll never speak in, in the language that God wants to give you. It's when we trust Him. How many knows He's trustworthy? We can trust Him. You trust Him, you let go of what you know and begin to speak. Well, that's what happened on the day of Pentecost. The power of God came upon them. They began to speak. They spilled out into the streets, and the people, thousands and tens of thousands of people were there for the Feast of Pentecost as it was one of the required feasts for them to come uh, three times a year to Jerusalem. And they heard the message of God in their own language, in 15 different languages. And let me tell you, the Holy Spirit wants to do it again. How many believe he wants to do it again and again? It's interesting, by the way, that what is happening today in Pentecost, there are now 660 million Pentecostals around the world. 660 million. And that's happened in 118 years. Because up until 118 years ago, there had been a, what they call the cessation. Didn't believe that the giftings and the power of Pentecost was for us today. But on, on January the 1st, January the 1st, after an all-night prayer meeting or a late-night prayer meeting the night before in Topeka, Kansas, in a place called uh, Stone's Folly, where this was a, a mansion that a guy started building, ran out of money, and that's why they call it Stone's Folly. It wasn't completely finished. But there were some 75 people gathered together. They had started reading the Word of God. Instead of listening to the doctrine that they had heard in their churches that the Holy Spirit was no longer for today. Instead, they went back to the Word of God. This is a Bible school. They started reading the Word and to take the Word for what the Word says. How many knows that the Bible can, can uh, shed a lot of light on truth if we just read the Word of God? That morning, that morning, there was a lady that came up. Her name was Agnes. She came up to the people there. There were 75, and she said, Parham was there, who, by the way, is buried just south of here, what, uh, 10 miles or so. Uh, he was one of the early proponents of Pentecost. He had not yet received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He was teaching the Word, and by just teaching the Word without the influence of a, of a dead doctrine, they he believed that the baptism was for today. And so the Agnes came and asked for them to lay hands on her and pray for her. And at 10 o'clock, they'd ring the bell, and they came together, and the Holy Spirit came upon her, and she began to speak another language. The fact is, they believe that she spoke in Chinese for three days. Uh, when she was awake, she would come back and just speak for, for, for three days. Power of Pentecost. Well, 
Parham had to go away and preach, and he came back to the Bible school, and when he came back, he came in, and the people were gathered there. There were 12 pastors from different denominations. When he came in, they were singing a song, and Parham believed that they were singing in six different languages that he knew of. He got the baptism of the Holy Spirit. These pastors from different denominations had the same hunger when once again the can was open, if you will, and the Holy Spirit was being poured out. And God began such a mighty move. A, a few days later, uh, they started arriving from all over America. The Topeka newspaper, the Kansas City newspaper, St. Louis newspaper, and other cities, they sent their experts there to see what was happening. They brought in government people to, and, and people of foreign languages and linguists to see what was happening. And sure enough, they could validate that these were real languages. Fact is, fact is one, uh, one day, uh, one of the Chinese experts uh, uh, was able to distinguish 20 different Chinese dialects as the power of God came. It was all across the newspapers. The first, the, 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 I'm thinking in Spanish, the, the headlines of the newspaper said, Pentecost, Pentecost. And these, in those days, they used to have newsboys going through the streets, read all about it. Well, they didn't know the difference between Holocaust and Pentecost, but they were saying, Pentecost, 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 read all about it. And that began a mighty move of God that began in Topeka and then began to spread all over America. You know what happened not too long after that? Uh, they, 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 what happened in Bonnie Bray Street? Uh, they, they went there, actually a, a one-eyed man, uh, a black man had gone there. He he heard the teaching of Parm. Parm had, was teaching down in Texas. Some of the people there in Texas had received the baptism of the Holy Spirit by then. And and this black man with one eye, his name was Seymour. Should have been C. Less. He only had one eye. Think about it. <laughs> but he he was called. He was called to Los Angeles to to pastor a church. And he had not yet received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but he was hungry for it, and he had seen the effect of those who had received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So he came to his new church. It was not a Pentecostal church. They didn't exist at the time. He preached his very first message on Pentecost and got fired that afternoon. He literally did. But he got an invitation to, to Bonnie Bray Street, uh, where there, there was a house that there were people that were seeking the presence of God, the power of God, and, and Seymour went there, and, and, and he was filled with the Holy Spirit, and they started seeing miracles, and people started coming from, from literally from different countries of the world. They, they came, and across America, they were coming to Bonnie Bray Street until the porch caved in. They had too many people there. And so then they went across town and paid $50 a month to rent, to rent uh, the, the building on Azusa Street. How many have heard of Azusa Street? And at that place, and below it would have been nothing but a stable, still had the stench of the stable, and up above the larger larger building, they would crowd in as many as 1,500 people with other people on the outside. And revival happened from, two, from, from 1906 to 1909, pretty much 24-7. There was something happening in that building, the powerful move of God, because the Holy Spirit wanted to be poured out upon all fleshes. Isn't that what he said? In the last days, I'm going to pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters are going to prophesy, and, and your old men are going to dream dreams. Young men see vision. I'm, I'm still seeing visions myself. I don't know about you. <laughs> but the power began to move in such a mighty way, and it began to spread ac across our nation. How many knows that 
Pentecost happened in a powerful way, and it's still, God still wants that to happen. We're not Pentecostal because we have a name or that we're part of the Pentecostal Church of God. We're Pentecost if we're filled with the Spirit and we're part of the harvest. I think you got to do both. Don't just speak in tongues at youth camp 40 years ago and say you're filled. No, the Jesus or the Word of God tells us, tells us that be ye filled with the Spirit. Don't be drunk with wine where it is excess, but be ye filled with the Spirit. And in the Greek, that is the tense that says, be ye continually being filled. A process. If you haven't been filled with the Spirit recently, if you've not spoken in tongues and, and been used of the Lord and the Spirit for the last year, you're not filled. You've got to come and get filled again. I, I, I think today's a good day to do it, by the way. Pentecost is a good day to do it. How many are with me today? The power of Pentecost. The power of the Holy Spirit. They all received in those days. I want to. I want to talk to you a little bit about. I'm, I'm just going to share th three different, uh, three different simple points today. I shared uh, some of it before in the early early service, but I want to. I want to share uh, some points about what what God is doing through the, the through the power of Pentecost. What He promised that we could have. And, and uh, I, I believe, again, with all my heart, that that's what we need today. I, I'm, I'm a Simmons of God minister. I was raised Pentecostal Church of God. My parents were, were pastors. My grandparents were, were uh, Assemblies of God pastors. And because of missions, and got involved in missions, I, I became an Assemblies minister many years ago. And the Assemblies of God just celebrate 105 years. 105 years, Under, and the Pentecostal Church of God is about ready to celebrate 100 years. That's pretty awesome. But compared to other denominations, that's very young church, very young church. But let me tell you what the Holy Spirit has done in those, those few years that, that Pentecost has been released according to the Word of God. It wasn't something new, it's just that... So too many people believed in cessation that it wasn't for us today. And finally, beginning at Topeka and onward, people realized what the Word of God says. How many know the Word is the ultimate? That's, that's the basis. We don't base doctrine on feelings or experiences. We base doctrine on what God's Word says. And in those years, the Assemblies of God began in Arkansas with 300 people in, uh, one, uh, in 1914. So this is 105 years later and now has 69-plus million believers across the world, 371,000 churches. You know, you know why? It wasn't because they're smarter, better educated. It wasn't because they had a, a, a better plan. It's but the power of the Holy Spirit. How many knows that He is the one that motivates the church? He's the one that gives vision to the church. He empowers the church. So let's, let's talk about... Let's talk about uh, three simple points here today. We'll, t we'll talk about that. And then we want to give opportunity for people to be filled with the Spirit. If you're not filled with the Spirit, I recommend you to be filled with the Spirit today. It, it's not something that we have to wait for. They tarried in Jerusalem until the moment came, that 9 o'clock moment came. We don't have to tarry. It's always good to tarry in His presence. But it's not that we, by earning, by tarrying, that we earn His presence, earn the baptism. No, it's a gift. It's a gift. How many knows what a gift is? It's what you receive. You've not paid for it. It's something that somebody wanted to give you 
Have you ever bought somebody a gift and they, they never opened it? That's what happened to the church for centuries. They had the gift that God gave us, but they never opened it. But God wants you to open that gift today and every day. Well, let me talk about three benefits of Pentecost, if I, if I may today. One benefit is power. You shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me. The first thing is witnessing power. Witnessing power. Jesus said, Jesus said that the Holy Spirit would come and would glorify him, it would testify of him. You want to know more about Jesus? Get filled with the Holy Spirit, and he will reveal to you through the word of God and through the speaking in your heart, he will reveal to you aspects of Jesus that you never saw, you never understood in the totality. How many knows the Bible said he would come and teach us all things? The Holy Spirit comes to make us a witness and the power of witness. A second thing on the power that he gives us is 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 the living in victory power, if you will, power to in your personal walk. Romans chapter eight verse two tells us about the spirit. That beginning of that chapter begins of the spirit, and it says the law of the spirit will make us free free us from the law of sin and death. How many knows we need to be freed from the law of sin and death? It's the power of the Holy Spirit to do that. That doesn't mean that we'll never make a mistake and never fall short, but He enables us so our victory is much more consistent. Walking in the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit, He wants that to be wants that to be part of us. Who was the main main speaker on the day of Pentecost? His name is Peter, Pedro. 53 days before, he was recognized by a little maiden that he was part of the band of Jesus' followers, and he denied it three times. He finally came to the point, he cursed and said, I don't know the man, I have nothing to do with it. 53 days before Pentecost. But on the day of Pentecost, when he received the endowment, the power of the Holy Spirit within him, he was the keynote preacher, and he stood up and declared the thing, the truth about the resurrection. I think in just a few verses there, it speaks about the resurrection eight different times. And he talked about, if you repent and be baptized, you'll receive the gift of the Spirit. And he said, not only to you, but to, to those that are afar off. In other words, this is a perpetuating promise of the Lord that he would pour out his Spirit upon us. And friends, I want that spirit. I need that spirit. How many need the Holy Spirit in your life? You desire him, hunger for him. It's also an enabling power. He enables us to do what we could never do on our own and our own strength. He enables us. The gifts that come through the Spirit of God, they're amazing to me. The gifts of the Holy Spirit. I love our pastor very frequently he ministers the word, but he's used in the gifts of the Spirit ministering to us as a congregation. God wants every one of us to be used in the gifts. You don't have to, it's not something we possess, but any moment, any single gift of a Spirit-filled person, God can use you and give you a word, give you a word of wisdom, bring healing. The gifts of healing is multiple. The Bible said the gifts of healing. Therefore, the church... They're not just for the clergy. They're for the church. How many are part of the church? Raise your hand high and keep it up there. Then those gifts are for you. The empowerment, the enablement of the Spirit of God is to enable you, the body of Christ, all of us, the body of Christ. He makes us to do whatever we do with greater excellence, with the Holy Spirit within us. 
the Holy Spirit within us. I, I shared in the early service, it came to mind, wasn't in my notes, but it came to mind. I read about a, a, a French, a French uh, explorer who was in the Congo. This has been many years ago. And they came in, they had a guide, had an interpreter, et cetera, a, a, a group of people gathering together, going through the jungle and discovering new things. And so that night they made a fire and went to bed. The next morning they got up and there were little piles of, of, of firewood all over. There was a pile over here and a pile over there, pile over there, pile over there. They weren't there when they went to bed. And he, and he asked the, the interpreter, what is the deal? Where did these things come from? And he said, well, what you don't realize, we're in the middle of the jungle and there are chimpanzees watching everything that we do. They've watched us, what we're doing. He'd already experienced this before. He said, so while when we went to bed, they started gathering sticks and building because they, they watched they put the little sticks first and then the big sticks on top of that and they had a pile ready for fire. They did everything right except one thing. They couldn't produce the fire. Let me tell you, friends, there are a lot of people who are imitating Pentecost. I remember when I was a missionary in South America uh, because we were seeing incredible growth, just incredible growth, incredible growth. Uh, when we went to Paraguay, there were 800 in the whole national church. The last time I went back to Paraguay and preached, uh, preached the minister's retreat, uh, there were 20,000 in one church and several churches of 1,000, 2,000, 3,000, the power of Pentecost. But people observing like chimpanzees, Say, so, oh, but if we sing the song a little faster, and if we do this, friend of mine, it's not about methodology. It's about the power of the Holy Spirit. He's the one. He's the one that makes the difference. It's not our ability. It's not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. How many knows that's true? Not only does he empower us in our personal life, in our witness, enabling us to do, but he gives us vision. The vision on the day of Pentecost begin to be fulfilled. God had this plan for 1,500 years. But the vision was to reach the people, reach all people. In fact, as Peter mentioned and quoted the book of Joel chapter 2, what it talks about, about, about he would pour in the last days, he would pour out a spirit upon all flesh, and the sons and daughters would prophesy, etc., etc. The vision to reach all people. Uh, where did this ability come from? On the day of Pentecost, what was the difference between 11 discouraged disciples who were hiding in the upper room when Jesus came, just came in without going through the door? Why bother with the door on your spirit, man? <laughs> he just came in and revealed to them that he was alive. He had been raised from the dead. What made the difference now, days later, 53 days, well, 50 days later, Pentecost is, is, is from uh, from 50 means 50, 50 days later, what made the difference? It was the Holy Spirit. Nothing less, nothing more. He makes the difference. If we will allow him to flow through us and anoint us and enable us, we will trust him. Listen to me. We're living well below the standard God wants us to be. God has filled many of you in this place, and now expect God to use you. Don't hold back. How many knows we've got to release the gift that God has given us? Use it for the glory of God. It's his doing, not our doing. And so, that, so the vision was incredibly increased. Uh, be filled with the Holy Spirit, the Scripture tells us. Uh, it gives us new vision. Not only vision for reaching the people, vision for what God can do in us. 
I believe God needs to shake us. It's been a hoax from hell to make us feel like we can't do anything because he's called us to do something. The scripture says, faithful is he that calleth you who will also do it. If he's called you to do something, allow him to do it through you. Allow him. Invite him. Depend upon him. Expect, expect him to do it. I like what a missionary, William Carey, said many years ago. He said, attempt great things, expect great things, and always remember that you're not great a man of God, but man of a great God. He's the one that will do it, but we've got to step out and do our part. Philippians chapter 4.13 tells I can do all things. I want you to say that with me. I, say it with me, I can do all, all, all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. How many believe what you just said? Then let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> I, I'm a student of history. I love history. Uh, when I talk about history, especially the history of revival and the moves of God, and the man's life, I never met him because he was I was just a baby when he was really being used of God several months ago. <laughs> Maybe a thousand months ago or something like that. But a man named Tommy Hicks. How many have ever heard of Tommy Hicks? Some, some of you, yeah, some of you know Tommy Hicks. Great, great man of God. He was he was a revivalist. This was back during the time when Oral Roberts, T.L. Lowry, and some of those were where God was using them mightily in healings and miracles and, and tent crusades. And Tommy Hicks was not at that level well-known like everyone else, but, but he was still having a lot of people saved and filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, he would have hundreds in, in, in crusades, not the mega thousands like, like some of the others were. But he would see miracles and healings and baptism of the Holy Spirit. On Christmas Day, 1950, that's the year I was born. Christmas Day, 1950, he was at a friend's house whose name was Demas Shakarian. And some of you recognize that name immediately. But he, he was at their house. They were seeking God. And the Holy Spirit came down and gave them both visions that night. Demas Shakarian was a businessman, and God gave him the vision for full gospel businessmen. How many have heard of full gospel businessmen? Back 10, 15, 20 years ago, it was much larger. When we were missionaries in Spain, we had all, people from all over Spain came to Tarragona where we pastored, and full gospel businessmen, that's been now close to 20 years ago. I guess it has been 20 years ago. But full gospel businessmen had a great impact, and literally hundreds of thousands, if not millions, were filled with the Spirit through full gospel businessmen. The same night, this was again... This, again, was, was Christmas Day. It was the evening that night of 1950. God put a vision in the heart of Tommy Hicks. And God showed him that God was going to use him in South America. He didn't speak the language, but God just put in his heart that he would be going to South America. Well, nothing happened for the next year, the next year, and the next year. For three years, nothing happened. But in early 1954, there was a small group of believers in the country of Argentina who'd been seeking the face of God, wanting to see a move of God, and especially there was a Mendoza Bible School 
Mendoza is over by the Chile border, and they were seeking God and just believing God for an outpouring. There was a lot of resistance at the time because Juan Perón, you maybe saw the movie years ago, Evita, Evita and Juan Perón, he was a dictator, president, and they was very repressive to the evangelicals, anybody that was not of their particular doctrine. And so the people had been praying, oh God, send revival. Well, they had invited one of the well-known evangelists, I think it was T.L. Lowry, who God used mightily around the world, but circumstances wouldn't allow, and I believe it was providence of God. Uh, he had to say no, he couldn't come. And so they went down the list and found Tommy Hicks, not well-known, but a man of God, and invited him to come. Well, he felt, this is God. God gave me the vision. The Holy Spirit is the one that spoke to me. I believe that this is God. And so he made plans to go. He did not have resources. He literally went to the airport without the finances to pay for the ticket. And while he was literally in line, somebody came up to him and paid for his ticket. I mean, know that what, when, where God guides, he provides. So he got on the plane, flew to South America. There was a group of, uh, of the spiritual leaders there that gathered. One of the brothers met him at the airport. They gathered together his first day there and they had a vision for they had a vision they wanted it was a big dream for them to make a step out in faith they wanted to get an auditorium that would seat some 2,500 people that seemed big to them but Tommy had heard from the Lord he had had a vision placed there by the Holy Spirit he said no we've got to have a stadium of 25,000 that seemed a little bit impossible, but he insisted he'd come that far, not to disappoint. He said, well, let's see what happens. And he said, also, I want to go see President Presidente Perón. And they said, you can't do that. He's, he's not for us, but he said, no, the Holy Spirit's spoken to me. I want to go see Perón. So they went the next day with an interpreter because he didn't speak Spanish. They went the next day to the Casa Rosada. I've been in front of the Casa Rosada. I used to be a missionary in South America and preached in that area. The Casa Rosada would be equal. That's a pink house, by the way, equivalent to the White House that we have. And they went there with an interpreter and another brother or so. They went there, came through the gate, came up to the, they met the guard at, at, at the outside of the, the presidential palace. And he began to share with him what he wanted to do. He wanted to meet with the president because they wanted to do a crusade, a, a salvation and healing crusade. And the guard, armed guard, uh, we, we were in Paraguay and all these 16-year-old soldiers carrying Tommy machine guns, a little bit unnerving, but that's what a dictatorship did. But, but the armed guard said, you can, Spanish, of course, he said, you can't go see the president. He won't, he won't see you. And again, Tommy reiterated through the interpreter, what we've come for is we want to have a crusade for healing and salvation. And the guy said, you can't do it. And the guy turned to start walk away, and he walked with a bad limp. It was obviously grimacing from pain, an injury that he'd had some time, and it had just infected and a problem with the leg. And Tommy spoke to him, and the guy turned around and said, can Jesus heal me? And Tommy said yes. He prayed for him, and right there, the guard was healed by the power of God. The limp was gone. And he, and he said, wait a minute. I'll get you in. You come back tomorrow, and I'll get you in and see the president. How I many knows that God has ways to open doors? He said, I've said an open door before you, and no man can shut it. And so the next day, they came back. The, the guard and the, and, the, and the personnel guard put, uh, 
brought them into the office with the interpreter, with Juan Peron. And when he came into the office, immediately, immediately, Tommy Hicks began to share what God had put in his heart three years before. He said, what I'd like to have, we need to have, we're going to do a salvation healing crusade, and, and I, I need a stadium of at least 25,000, and I also, also need coverage from radio and the press. I want them to come and cover it. Understand that we had, we had a big crusade in, pa in Paraguay, South America. The press was completely silent, though we filled a 50,000 stadium. They didn't say a single word about it. But So that's kind of how it worked in Latin America if they're not for it. But that's what he asked from Peron. We need a stadium of 25,000 with the press and also the radio. They didn't have TV back then, radio to cover it. Juan Peron at the time was suffering from, from a, a terrible skin disease, so much so that he would not allow photographs. He didn't like to be seen in public. He had a skin disease that was not only painful, but it was, it was disfiguring. And so Peron asked him, he said, can, you're talking about a healing crusade, can something happen for me? Can your Jesus do something for me? And I want you to know what happened. <laughs> Tommy Hicks took both hands of the president, the dictator of Argentina. This was 1954. He took both hands, and all of a sudden, the power of God began to flow through him. And just like that, the, his arms, his legs, the, all of the rash that he had, all of the disease, immediately disappeared. He couldn't believe it. He couldn't believe it. And Juan Peron said, what, what did you say you needed? He said, I'll get you a stadium. I'll get you everything you covered. So they put him in the Atlantic. They called the Atlantic Stadium, and there would seat 25,000, just like he had seen, but in a matter of days because the power of God was coming and great healings and great salvations. They had to move to the largest stadium, the Hurukan, which is like hurricane. Hurukan Stadium, it's a soccer stadium that seated 110,000, and it overflowed. In two months' time, three million Argentinians came to the crusade and over 300,000 got saved by the power, of the power of God. How many know that when God gives a vision, He has a purpose? He knows how to fulfill that vision. Many people, a massive amount of people were healed by the power of God. He came back the next year, and actually there was a plot to kill him, and Peron himself brought him into a sanctuary, protected him, and sent him to other cities that had great move of God. But during that time, this was 1955 now, by then the Holy Spirit had given Tommy Hicks a new vision. I'm telling you the Holy Spirit will guide us to the harvest. He cares about the harvest. He's not willing that any should perish. Not anyone, but that all should come to repentance. And God spoke to, 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 to Tommy Hicks about going behind the Iron Curtain to go there and preach the gospel. Now, this is 1955, understand. Uh, he, he had a vision to go. One of the places he felt like God speaking to him was Russia. Well, in those days, you didn't do that. That was during the days of Khrushchev and, and resistance, and the, and the communist bloc was, was very, very rigid. You couldn't certainly not do anything public. But Juan Perón himself, because he had experienced the power of God, he called some friends, some communist friends, in the, in the city of Moscow, Russia, and they facilitated. It wasn't as large a group, but they facilitated uh, the coming of Tommy Hicks. They put him in a hotel, and and they had a more of an arena than a stadium. It only seat three thousand, but people started coming in in mass numbers. 
And one night he was preaching that Jesus is Lord. And the interpreter in Russian said, Stalin is Lord. And Tommy Hicks said, Jesus is Lord. And the interpreter said, Stalin is Lord. And all of a sudden the Holy Spirit came upon Tommy Hicks and he just began to speak in tongues. Didn't know why. He just began to speak in tongues. And the interpreter ran off stage. Well, that night the power of God came. Another interpreter came and and interpreted the real message. And the, the power of God came. People were healed. People were saved. The filled with, with, with the goodness of God. And it was not until afterwards he found out what had happened. When he spoke in tongues, he didn't know it, but he was speaking in Russian, perfect Russian. And he told the guy, shut up and sit down. <laughs> and the guy had left. And the power of God came and filled. Let me tell you, the power of the Holy Spirit is so far beyond what you and I can comprehend in ourselves if we would just be filled with him and release his gift within us. How many know that's true? You're quiet here today. That's okay. <laughs> I believe in the power of Pentecost. The vision that God will give us will increase us, increase the kingdom of God. And the final thing I want to share is... The presence. The presence. Jesus prepared his disciples, especially John 14, 15, and 16. He prepared his disciples about the coming of the Spirit. He said, unless I go, he can't come. And, of course, Jesus, we know he could only be physically in one place at one time. But he talked about the power of the Holy Spirit and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Jesus had been their mentor. And now he was gone. He had been the focus point of all of God's glory and power. And now he was gone. But he had told them to go and tarry in Jerusalem until they were endued from on high with the Spirit of God. Promise the presence of God. John, John uh, chapter 15 talks a little bit about that. He says, let me just read sections of the Scripture. He said, uh, he said, I will ask the Father and he will give you another counselor or comforter, the Holy Spirit, and he will be with you forever. The Spirit of truth goes on to say, he lives in you and will be, or he lives with you, and now he will be in you. How many want him inside? How many want him inside? He makes a difference when he's just with you and he's in you, the fullness of the Spirit. He, Jesus promised the coming of the Holy Spirit that he would fulfill every dream that Jesus had. The fact is, Jesus said in those passages, I won't read, there's significant passages, those three chapters talk a lot about the coming of the Holy Spirit. And he basically said, he won't say anything that I don't tell him to say. Talk about the Holy Spirit. But he said he would testify in me. He would glorify me. And that's what he does. The Holy Spirit elevates Jesus. Can't we just give Jesus a hand? Thank you, Lord. You are everything. You are everything. Oh, you are everything, Lord. He makes us, he helps us to fall in love in a greater way with Jesus. There's our part and there's his part. He left the Holy Spirit for us to anoint us, to bless us, to fulfill his purpose within us. But we've got to do our part. In the book of Leviticus, and I won't read the Scriptures, but chapter 6, there's some verses that talk. This is when the people of God were going through the wilderness, marching through the wilderness. And God's Word told them how important it was to keep wood on the fire. And in that passage, chapter, chapter 12, 
chapter 12, pardon me, chapter 6 of Leviticus 12 through 14, it, it talks about how that they had to put wood on the fire every day. That was their part, but the fire of God was his part. They, to maintain that fire of God. On the day of Pentecost, there was 120 people that for 10 days had been putting wood on the fire or been putting, preparing the wood. But when the fire of God came, their hair was on fire. I like the picture that came in and the, and the fire of God. How many knows when the fire of God came upon them? But they have to keep putting wood on the fire. That's what the Bible tells us in Leviticus. They had to keep wood on the fire. Grace Point, where I used to pastor, had to do it. Now Christ Point, where I, I, I this is my church, my home church. I'm assuming that God a minister, but I pay all my tithe here. They allow me to do that as a retired minister. Let me tell you, we've got to keep the, keep the wood on the fire. We've got to keep seeking his face. We've got to keep believing and moving. And when we do, how many knows the fire will be there? It's a consuming fire. It's a powerful fire. We're living in the neighborhood where the great things of God happened last century. Galena, and, and in fact, is what the, the first move that the first assemblies of God church was right here in Galena. And now there's 371,000 assemblies of God churches. It was right here. Uh, I have a picture of Parham on the courthouse steps of, of, of Carthage, Missouri in 1905. This was a, this was an area of a move, but we gotta make a decision. Do we wanna read history or do we wanna make history? I think it's time for us to make history. It's time for us to be filled, endued, fresh and anew, and believe God, desperate for the moving of God. I want us to stand together today. Thank you for Enduring my little lengthy message about history. I, I don't preach very often anymore. It's hard for me to govern how long a message is going to be. And I see some dear friends from, they used to be part of our church when we were pastoring in Carthage. They know I'm not short-winded, so this is short today. But good power of the Holy Spirit. Are you hungry for the Holy Spirit? Are you really hungry for the Holy Spirit today? I'm going to do something different here today. First of all, I'd like for our staff to come. We have got an incredible staff. Would you call all the pastors and wives? Would you come and stand in the face of the congregation? What w- want you to come? The next thing I, w- I would like for people to come forward. If you've spoken in tongues in the last seven days, and it's something that you do on a regular basis, I want you to come and stand beside our pastors up here and face the congregation. Would you come? Would you come? If, if, if you're practicing Pentecost, it basically is what I'm saying. Practicing Pentecost. God wants us to be continually filled. Continually filled. Would you come? Would you come? And just face the congregation. I want you to begin to pray in the Spirit. You, you that are up here. Just pray in the Spirit. Just pray in the Spirit. That's a beautiful thing about being Spirit-filled. It's, it's not second nature, it's first nature. I probably, I probably pray in the Spirit 50% of my prayer time. Because the Scripture says when you know not how to pray, how many knows that the Holy Spirit can make utterances that we, we, He can give us the prayer. And I believe when the Holy Spirit guides me in prayer, whether He guides me in my own language or if He guides me in a language I don't know, I know that what He asks is going to come to pass. I know that the Holy Spirit is enablement. Enablement. I want to see 
Christ point, filled with the Spirit. How many are, how many out there in the congregation, how many want to be filled with the Spirit? You want to be filled with the Spirit? And some of us need to be refilled. I want you to come and stand in front of these people. Would you come? Will you come? We're going to ask God right now to visit us in a powerful way. We're going to ask God. I want you to come. I want everybody to come. We're going to come. We're here in this together. The church, Christ Point Church, is a Pentecostal church, but we need to be filled. Could I get you to come? Could I get you to come? I want you to stand. If you've not received the Holy Spirit, if you need to be refilled with the Holy Spirit, activate. I want you to come and stand in front of some of us. Would you come? Please come. Don't be, don't be backward. Please come. We're coming to him. We're coming to him. Just like on the day of Pentecost, Jesus had said, I want you to stay there. I want you to stay until you've been endued from on high, the power of God. I want you to come. Would you come? Can I get more to come? I want you to come up close. Am I speaking Spanish? <laughs> How many are alive out there? Can, can we come? I want you to come. We're going to pray for one another is what we're going to do here. We're going to believe God, the Holy Spirit, is going to come and visit us. Are you praying in the Spirit? Keep praying in the Spirit. We're going to pray for this. We're going to pray that Christ point becomes Pentecostal in the ultimate way, filled with the Spirit and in a great harvest season. We see the Word of God. After Pentecost came, there were 3,000. And a couple of chapters over, there were 5,000. Chapter 21 said many thousands of Jews had come and fill, been filled with the Spirit of God. Can we come right now? Can we come right now? All right, let's, let's close the gap. I want you to come up close to these. We're going to pray. We're going to lay hands on you. We're going to pull the hands. Come up, a lady to a lady, man to man, whatever. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. We want the power of God to come. Move up closer. Let, let, move up to a lady that's filled with the Spirit. Move up to a, a gentleman. Move up to a gentleman. We're going to pray right now. We're going to pray right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. Come up close. All right. The Bible says they all begin to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. We're going to ask right now for a visitation of the Spirit of God. We're going to ask for a visitation right now of the Spirit of God. Right now, right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we're believing you, Lord, today. We're worshiping you. Lord, we're asking God in Jesus' name. Speak forth and let the Holy Spirit fill you. Let the Spirit of God fill you in the name of Jesus. Fill, fill by the power of God. Lord, give that language. Give that anointing, Lord. Lift.